So here's the question. How do active people in the Atlanta area stay pain-free and live the active, fulfilled life that they deserve at any age? This is the question, and this podcast is the answer. I'm Danny Matei, and welcome to the Active Atlanta Podcast. The Active Atlanta Podcast is sponsored by Athletes Potential. At Athletes Potential, we help active adults stay that way, pain-free and active doing the sports and activities that they love for life. We do this by working on four different areas. That's movement, nutrition, stress management, and sleep. When we optimize these four areas, you feel better, you move better, and you live better for life. Head to athletespotential.com to learn how we can help you stay active for life today. What is up, Atlanta, and welcome back to the Active Atlanta Podcast. I'm your host, Doc Jake Swart, and today, guys, we have a super unique guest on our podcast. Um, I love, we were diving into her story just a little bit before uh, we started recording. She has a really interesting path uh, as it pertains to, and honestly, one of the most like uh, diverse paths as it pertains to like your health, your wellness, like uh, healing, all that fun stuff. So um, without further ado, let me introduce you to Dr. Kaylee Arnold, guys. She is the founder of Sati Yoga. She is a uh, orthopedic surgeon turned badass or wellness uh, expert. Uh, she's the co-founder of the Namaste Project. Um, guys, she has her hands in a lot of different things. And she has a, she's had a r- lot of incredible experiences in the health, wellness, and medical field. And I couldn't be more excited to bring her on. So uh, without further ado, Dr. Kaylee, how are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for that outstanding intro. <laughs> hey, you know, like you deserve it. I think, uh, you know, just it's very obvious to tell um, that uh, just from our quick intro, you're a lifelong learner and uh, you're not OK with the status quo. Um, and I really appreciate that as it pertains to the medical field. Like uh, we were getting some really cool stuff. So before I steal your thunder and uh, fumble across the the lines there, like how about you <laughs> give us just a brief intro of like, who you are and how you went from a um, orthopedic surgeon to a yoga studio owner. Yeah, sure. Um, so I guess I could say it started off with me as being a super uh, hyperactive kid back in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Go Steelers. Uh, yeah. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, they, hey, they had a tough loss <laughs> this weekend, I think, right? They lost this weekend. I know. Yeah. Yes, it was yeah. tough. It was tough. But yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I grew up an athlete coming up, you know, as a gymnast and as a competitive dancer. So movement as I said, it was always kind of like my healing. It was kind of like my out of my energy. And I think spiritually, even for me, even as a kid, but I always knew deep down inside that I was a healer. Yeah. And, you know, when you're a kid and you go tell people you want to help someone, you want to help people, obviously they're just like, oh, you should be a doctor. Yeah. So that's what I pursued. And, uh, you know, medical school, the whole deal, residency, um and moved that's to Atlanta. Cool, like what like nine years of your life there 12 years? i know right just so cool <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was a long haul because i did four years of college at vassar and then four years of medical school at meharry medical college mm-hmm. and then i did a five-year orthopedic surgical residency back in pittsburgh and then i stayed for additional torture mm-hmm. uh, to do a fellowship specializing in foot and ankle reconstructive surgery <sighs> so yeah yeah you know, you decided to go be an orthopedic surgeon, you know, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so private practice is what brought me to Atlanta in 2009. That was with the big group. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I was with them for, you know, a 
about three to four years until I started to feel, I guess, a little disheartened with what I was seeing going on in the medical industry. Um, I didn't really feel like I truly had control with how I was treating my patients. And I didn't know if I was necessarily doing them a justice that, you know, I knew they deserved. Yep. You know, because of limitations on, you know, um, insurance, you know, I would look at a patient's chart. First thing I look at is their insurance. And yep. that would determine on the pitch that I would give them for their treatment. And it doesn't make you feel very good as a physician, if you know that you're not giving someone, you know, the optimal options for their, for their care. Yeah. Um, and amongst other things, it was just a very stressful, sometimes very toxic environment to be in. So mm-hmm. I ended up taking a sabbatical. And during that year off, I went ahead and got my 600 hours uh, comprehensive Pilates certification. Nice. And I also went and got certified in bar. Okay. <laughs> just because, yeah. Um, and uh, I started teaching just part time because uh, I was taking this year off and I loved it. I'm like, this is, you know, mm-hmm. this is amazing. And it's interesting because I felt like I was still helping people, but in a different way. And I was getting so much more gratitude from my clients than I did some from my patients. Because I think a lot of time, of course, I'm not speaking for everyone, but sometimes patients tend to feel entitled because, you know, this is your job, you're supposed to fix me. And yeah. so there's not a lot of thank you. Especially the mindset of like going to the ortho surgeon, right? Like they're like, yeah. oh, I'm going <laughs> to Dr. Kat or Kaylee, she's going to fix me, right? And you're like, well, maybe. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, right. Like, you know, I'm not God, although there are a lot of surgeons who think they are, but I'm just like, you know, Man. I'm not. Man, I'll tell you what, real quick side story. Like, uh, like I'll never forget my first time, like going and observing like an orthopedic surgeon. Right. And, uh-huh. uh, it was, it was interesting. Um, cause like it's a whole, it's a whole process, right? Like I was in there for a surgery as a surgery day. Right. And like all the staff mm-hmm. knew like exactly like what music they wanted to start off playing. Yes. 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 Like, <laughs> how, which, which like surgical apron, the doc liked the most, like they knew like, yes. it was like clockwork when that guy walked out, like, who is this guy? Freaking God walking in here, you know? Yes. Like, uh, <laughs> I guess it's at the same level, though. You are about to, like, you know, surgically work on a human being. You should be in like a space that you feel right. comfortable in. So I guess it makes sense at the same time, too. It is true. Like I definitely was the hip hop room. People knew that, you know. Yep. But my room, I think, was a lot more fun than I think. You know, I wasn't like throwing tantrums and throwing equipment at people. Uh, but, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but totally. you do have to have a level of authority, you know, because it is your OR room. Yeah. And you have to understand that, you know, I'm in control. If anything goes down, that's on my head, you know, totally. so you have to have that level of authority, but at the same time, you can kind of be, you know, cool about it. You don't have to be, you know, yeah, my yeah. way or the highway kind of, uh, egos, which we get a lot of egos. Um, <laughs> but you know, it was, it, it was interesting though, because sometimes, you know, we were doing these long, complicated procedures on people and they, literally come to see you and you know months down the road and they're walking whereas mm-hmm. you know they couldn't walk before Amazing. and yeah. sometimes they were it's like not even a a thank you you know yes. it's just interesting totally. where i would teach you know a bar class and someone would come and hug me like oh my god i feel so amazing and you're like what like this seems so <laughs> backwards you know what I mean I just taught you a bar class you know like for me I didn't really give it the same value as I did you know doing you know a triple arthrodesis on someone but 
for them, (laughs) the way they received it was like, I gave them the world. And it was just, it was an interesting kind of eye-opening experience for me. Yeah. And I started viewing uh, healing in like different, different ways. Like it's not necessarily giving someone a pill or sending them to physical therapy or, you know, putting them back together in surgery. It's kind of giving them that feeling of, A, they felt better after they left you than when they came in. So, so it was just, uh, I think that was kind of like my first kind of like wake up kind of call about that. And then, so a year goes by and pressures from like family and whatnot. They're like, you need to go back to medicine. Like, what are you doing? You know, that's that's not living in your head, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Right. They're like, you need to get back to. So I went back. um, I didn't go back to the same group. But yeah. I did a different, um, a different angle. So I joined a occupational therapy, occupational medicine center. And yeah. I was kind of like the orthopedic surgeon there. So it was different because it was like nine to five. There was no call. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was better. But it was dealing with workers comp all oh, day, yeah. every yeah. day, which is a whole different type of animal compared to like dealing with private health care. Totally. And I was like, Oh my God, this, I can't, I can't deal with this, you know, doing IMEs and having people followed because they're fit, you know, they're faking. Yeah. It was just, a, it was like a whole different world, another different bag of worms. Yeah. And at that point I was like, okay, so I'm, you know, I'm at a place where I don't have a lot of responsibilities. You know, I didn't have any children mm-hmm. and I was like, I don't have to do this, you know, you know, a lot of my friends who were stuck, so to speak, you know, had families to support, you Mm -hmm. know, kids to put through college and, you know, all that stuff. And I'm like, yeah, at that time I didn't have my puppy. So I was like, what's (laughs) that? You know, I don't, (laughs) I don't have to do this. And I just sat down, you know, right. I really just Mm -hmm. sat down. Actually, it was a trip. I took a trip to Costa Rica. And, and it sounds so cheesy, but I literally had one of those like eat, love, pray moments. Yeah, And I just, you know, cause I was kind of away from my environment and yeah. I could just sit back and reflect, like, what is it that I really want? Like, what is going to give me fulfillment? Um, yeah. You know, and I, you know, it came to realization it wasn't what I was doing. And I really knew that for my own sort of like mental health, if I had stayed in that environment, it was not going to be good for me yeah. um, just because it was so stressful and it was just not a good place for me to be. So yeah. I came back and I just, you know, I put in my um, two weeks, so to speak. And I just like, yeah. you know, I didn't really have a plan, um, but I knew I love teaching Pilates. I like teaching bar. So I just started pitching, you know, different studios and it ended up in a studio in Buckhead called Core Buckhead. And mm-hmm. it was probably the most perfect place for me to work um, because we literally had two physical therapy offices in our building. Yeah. And uh which was yeah. great. Totally. And uh <laughs> right. Yeah. And um the clients that we had were just the type of people who were open and wanted to get better, wanted to get knowledge, they wanted to get stronger. Mm-hmm. And uh so it was a combination between getting a lot of referrals from physical therapists who I had worked with and these amazing clients, my Pilates uh practices really flourished. And I was just kind of like really finding my groove. I was like, this yeah. is this is great, you know, and I felt, uh, I felt really good. I felt, you know, like I was really helping people, empowering people, 
mm-hmm. from a different aspect. Either I was helping them prevent themselves from getting injuries by getting stronger and more stable, or I was helping them recover from injuries um, that I was all very familiar with. So it kind of felt <laughs> more so in than a way most, full right? circle for me. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> and I think what's like super cool about like, like uh, your journey, right. Um, in the medical and health and wellness space and how you want to continue to help people. Cause at the core of the story is like, you knew at the, at the end of the day, like you wanted to help people still, right. Like it wasn't like, right. Right. Like you left, uh, you, it's not like you stopping an orthopedic surgeon is like, you know what, let me go work. Um, let me go, I don't know, in real estate or something, you know, like you mm-hmm. still, uh, you're still core is the wanting to help people. Right. And, uh, right. Right. I love like the, the, uh, route that you went because it essentially, it's very similar to like uh, why we operate the way we do, where we don't accept insurance because, uh, it allowed, like you, you found your way to be able to work for a patient or work for a client instead of their insurance right. company, you know? And then, yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And you get to work with like people who value getting better, right. Instead of like, mm-hmm. just being like, I'm broken, fix me. Cool. Let me, con- let me continue on with my day, you know? And of course, right, I'm not right. saying like that's every surgeon or every patient that goes and gets a surgery, right? Like, uh, I right. mean, I've had, mm-hmm. speak of foot and ankle, I've had um, a brostrum procedure on my right side. Oh, nice. That was yeah. one of my favorite procedures to do. <laughs> you know, and like not to nerd out too much. Right. But, uh, it was interesting. Cause like, uh, they also did like, uh, instead of doing like a syndesmotic screw with my, uh, procedure. Cause like, I also had like oh. just a bunch of issues with like that spring ligament from numerous like high ankle sprains and everything. Like uh-huh. instead of doing the syndesmotic screw, they did like a ribbon. Um, oh, like, the anchor. Like, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that was like, it made a lot of sense to me because like that screw always breaks. Right. And like, they were able to like anchor it in with a ribbon instead of that screw. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the only thing was I had to end up getting that ribbon taken out a little bit later because like the knot from the ribbon was just too pronounced <laughs> and oh, like, really? like feel it. And it was like, it was, it was like, I snowboarded a lot at the time. Like I could feel it like on my, oh, you had the boots. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> but all that to say, like, of course, not everybody who needs a surgery is going to be like, uh, just like uh, a drain. Um, but it is enough to where like, but like when you're in the environment of like uh, wellness, or when you're in the environment of like, yoga, bar, Pilates, um, in our situation, we're at a network, uh, we're at a network, of how we practice, like, it is a lot more freeing in terms of like, how you work with somebody who's who's sitting there in front of you and like what their goals are, because now you're able to actually like, right. help empower people in their wellness journey, like, and like, they clearly want to be better human beings because they're there working with you. Right. It's like, right. Uh, yeah, so like, and that's a really fun place to be is like to work with people who want to be better, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's where you get a lot of that appreciation that, totally. you know, you don't necessarily feel. And yeah. that's like, wow. Um, so, so yeah. So, um, like? I, and I, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. Ask I was just going to ask, like, what, what was it about, like, uh, yoga that kind of, like, caught your attention during your sabbatical? Well, so to back up, so I actually started yoga in 2005. Oh, okay. And I was, um, I was a, was I a second year? It was, like, between my second and third year of residency Okay, uh, back in Pittsburgh. And interestingly enough, I, I had never done yoga before that. I had always been like an athlete. I did Pilates, you know, never meditated, none of that stuff. Yeah. Um, and it was my birthday and I was on a rooftop having dinner with some friends. Mm-hmm. And uh, for my present, they handed me a, a card and inside the card dropped out um, a gift certificate to a yoga studio. 
Wow. And I kind of looked at it and I was like, I don't need yoga. And they were like, "Uh, yeah, you do. (laughs) (laughs) Because needless to say, I was a little tightly wound in residency, a little type A, a little reactive. um, Makes total sense. Yeah. Because of the environment, I was, you know, I was in, you know, an environment that was male dominated and they let us know that we didn't belong every single day. It was like being hazed to be a part of a fraternity. I really didn't want to be a part of for like five years. It's the only way I can explain it. It was crucial. It was very toxic environment Mm -hmm. and it was spilling into my interpersonal relationships because I was kind of taking that angst everywhere with me. Of course. And so, so yeah, so they give me this gift certificate to go to yoga. And of course I go to my first class being a gymnast and an athlete. I'm like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to knock this out, you know, (laughs) (laughs) bust this out, you know? Yeah. And I go in and I'm like trying to like tackle yoga, like trying to perfect everything because I'm a true perfectionist and, and, you know, yoga is very humbling. And I was just like, what was that? You know, I wasn't buying it. I was not here for yoga at all. I was like, totally horrible. Yeah. And it wasn't until I had, I remember I had a horrible call weekend mm-hmm. and I was like, well, let me go. So I, something told me to just go to this yoga studio. So I went and it wasn't a flow class. It was a yin class, okay. which of course I had never done before. So, you know, in yin, you're holding asanas or postures, deep stretches for about three to five minutes. And you're just sitting there in silence, breathing. Basically it's a, it's a form of meditation as you're mm-hmm. stretching. It's my favorite form of yoga right now. Yeah. Um, and as you know, we hold energy and stored trauma in our tissues, in our fascia. Ooh. And if you don't release it, you know, that's what can cause, you know, the actual tightness, your body literally will tighten up. Yeah. And so we yogis know that there are certain asanas that will release tension in certain bodies and release certain emotions. And most famously are the hips. So we yogis love hip openers because we hold a lot of negative energy in our hips, like shame, guilt, anger, jealousy, right? All that stuff is in our hips, which for a lot of people are very tight. So I remember I was sitting in this yin yoga class in, we were in double pigeon, which is like a huge hip opener. It's basically like you're sitting almost Indian style, but your legs are stacked one on top of the other. So you have um, ankle to knee, ankle to knee. They also call it fire log. And then you're hinging yeah. forward. So yeah. it was, you know, it's very it's intense pose. Yeah. And I'm trying to breathe and I can't, I'm just like, I'm feeling something I've never felt before. And it was literally like a volcano. I erupted into just tears. Yeah. Like I was like ugly crying in the middle yeah. of class. It was like not yeah. in everything. It was so bad. Like, I don't know what's going on. I'm so sorry. <laughs> and it was like, for me, it was like a huge catharsis. Yeah. And from then I was hooked. I like kept going back to oh, class because I found yeah. out I needed that. Yeah. Um, and that was my introduction to, introduction to yoga in 2005. And wow. so I just continued to be you know, a student of yoga, um, up until 2017. And that's when I took the summer and went to Bali and studied yoga and then studied Reiki energy healing while I was there. And, um, then came back and started teaching, but yeah, so, uh, it was, a it was kind of a long journey for me with yoga. And then, you know, through yoga, I started 
practicing meditation and mindfulness. It was interesting because I don't think that the people around me changed. Yeah. Um, but I think because I, my, my mindset changed from my mindfulness practice, I was yeah. less reactive. I would stop and I would think and I would breathe and I would just uh, process what people were saying instead of just spitting things back. And I feel like because the way I was acting changed that the way the world around me totally started changed. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And yeah, that for me was the most powerful thing. And I think today it's so funny because people now know me as this like super chill, like nothing <laughs> ruffles with feathers. She's so cool. She's so laid back. She's so yeah. zen. And I'm like, this is post yoga, Kaylee. If you had met pre yoga, Kaylee, <laughs> she was a very different, very yeah. different person. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, your family's were like her, <laughs> right? Like yeah. it was a whole different situation. Um, oh, but that's I when I knew how powerful this stuff was, and I was like, you know, why isn't everybody doing this? Totally. Yeah. You know. Oh my gosh! Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, uh, you, you hear stories about, like, I mean. Uh, like we work with a number of different like yogis, right? And like every, I feel like every person I, I work with um, that does yoga on a regular basis has some form of like, you know, without trying to sound like too wooey, right? Like a transformational experience centered around yoga, right? Rather that's yeah. um, like legitimate, like uh, a main staple in curing alcoholism, right? Or like uh, being able to get somebody off the injury bus or like ugly crying in a studio. Like you're not the only person I've heard that said that. Like I was just holding a pose <laughs> and all of a sudden, like I started crying. Right. Like, um, right. That's, that's really powerful stuff to realize what, uh, I think it's really powerful to realize what your body can do for itself, you know? Uh, exactly. And like, exactly. uh, and what all impacts your body, you know, like, I think that, uh, it's really cool. Uh, so I, I, I want to dive into your experience over at Bali a little bit too, but like, I think it's really cool to be able to um, have that open-mindedness of blending, like we were kind of talking about before the show, like uh, blending Eastern and Western medicine together mm -hmm. in a best practice type of situation, right? Like, because um, right. like uh, Western medicine doesn't have it all figured out by any means, you know? And it's, no. and it's funny, <laughs> like uh, it's like all of a sudden, like breathing is like a huge thing, right? And like yes. uh, in yoga, you're like, that's, we've been doing this for literally hundreds. We've been doing that for yeah. 5,000 years. <laughs> yeah, thousands of years. Yeah, we've been doing this forever, right? It's just like, people are like finally catching on and like some randomized control study was able to actually like show something, you know? Like, uh, right. so like, yeah, it's just really cool. So then um, with your experiences in Bali and with your experiences in yoga and Pilates, bar, like, um, and then merging that with your background in uh, orthopedics, right? Um, mm -hmm. Is that kind of how you kind of come to uh, co-found like the Namaste project? Or like, is that, do you integrate like those two worlds like into like your yoga practices? Like, do you feel like you do something unique in that standpoint? Or um, does it just give you yeah. like a lens to be able to coach or teach with? So I think with the Namaste project, that also was just a happy accident. Um, my co-founder and business partner, Daniel Brunson, and I were both teaching at the same yoga studio. And we were talking about, you know, basically how mindfulness and meditation and yoga transformed us. We both, uh, we called ourselves uh, corporate or medical field flunkies. She was in corporate. I was in medical when we both bounced and <laughs> moved to Love like it. health and wellness, yeah. right? <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, yeah, but you know, it would be great if we can share this gift with people who are still back in the trenches, you know, sharing this gift with 
you know, physicians and nurses. And, um, and she came from the educational world. And she said, you know, actually, I've been thinking about, you know, bringing mindfulness to schools. And I was like, Oh, that makes sense. And my mother was a school teacher for yeah. 40 years in for public schools. And so I saw firsthand, you know, just no mindfulness what, is not there, right? <laughs> I, there's no mindfulness there. And it's interesting, because yeah. you're dealing with people who are having such an influence on our future generations and yet 100%. we don't support them at all oh my god and yep. you know and my I wife was my a teacher mom. for five years and so like you know not a 40 year like oh. you know, vet, but like my wife was a teacher for five years so like yeah it's crazy like the like and she's not anymore right not anymore, unfortunately <laughs> and like that kind of goes into your point right like my wife was a yes, exactly teacher. like she loved right she it's just unfortunately wasn't supported in the way that she needed to be. And, and that, exactly. I mean, everyone, their head immediately goes financial. And that's definitely not the case. Like, I mean, she just truly loved what she did. Just wasn't like, she, I don't want to throw any schools like under the bus by any means, but like worked for a really good school district. Right. And um, mm -hmm. like had to threaten to like send letters home with the parents to get like rats taken care of out of her classroom, you know, like, oh gosh. Um, like there's just a lot of stuff behind closed doors that teachers deal with that nobody exactly truly understands. Right. No. And then, what people don't understand is not only are they dealing with everything at the schools and the students, but they have their own stuff to totally. deal with. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you know, yeah. their own families and situations and things that are going on that the people, yep. the students and the parents don't know that the teacher is going through. Um, so that's kind of how the Namaste project was birthed. Our okay. mission. Um, and it still is our tagline is to change the culture of the classroom one breath at a time. And so we started, yeah. <laughs> that's kind of our, our mission. Mm -hmm. And uh, we started off small with just um, doing mini mindfulness breaks for, uh, this is during the start of the pandemic when everyone was virtual. Yep. And so we would come in during the uh, staff meetings and hold mini mindfulness breaks for the staff. Yeah. You know, just taking them through, usually it was like a breath work um some chair yoga and like a guided meditation and uh it was it's one thing i love about breathing and mindfulness is that it you feel it right away totally right it's it's 100%. not something that you know when you're trying to implement like a new reading program or new math program you don't see benefits of that program till you know two three years later right, right. but when you have someone in a group and you have them all do some deep breath breathing and take them to a guided meditation every single person is affected and they feel either they get instant gratification, like how much better they feel. And I'm like, yeah, you can do yeah. this all the time. Like yeah. <laughs> it doesn't take much, you know, yeah. start each one of your classes with, you know, some deep breathing, you know, with the kids, they love things like bee breathing, you know, or lion's roar, just get the energy out and you'll see a huge difference, not just in the kids, but even in yourself, you know, like just, yeah breathing is such a, a tool and it's free like yeah. you, you don't have to invest anything crazy? to incorporate breathing into your classroom and they see this they're like oh my gosh so we started with these mini mindfulness breaks and then from there we started doing like half day workshops full day workshops and now we're at the point now we obtain huge contracts with entire schools and school districts where we have facilitators working under us we we have created different um, mindfulness curriculums for schools and entire school districts, and we tailor them for the school. So we do it from either a student point of view or a staff point of view or both. Yep. Um, right now, we just kicked off our mindful adult program with Atlanta Public School District. Oh. Um, it's a district-wide 
program that we've been offering. This is our third semester and this time we're doing it year long and it's district wide. So all 7,000 employees are invited. Um, But we basically offer them. um, So so it's one week during the month and we offer them two small group mindfulness training classes. We do one night of trauma. So we go through all the different um, concepts of trauma, like basically what is trauma? How do you recognize it in your body? What are some of the things that you're feeling? What does it mean in your physiology? What does trauma do to your physiology, your actual body? What does it do to your brain? How yeah. to recognize trauma in others? And then we talk about how do you respond to someone who's triggered? You know, empathetic listening, um, trauma-informed response, uh, conflict resolution, empathy, all of these things um, throughout the year. And uh, we've been doing it for, like I said before, I mean, a huge, huge um, positive response from the staff. I mean, they said- yeah. It's the first time we feel like we have been heard and that the district cares about us. I was and, just going to say, like, the first, <laughs> oh, the first time they've been, like, t- felt like they've been taken care of at all, you know? Right. Yeah. And it came at a time where they really needed support with the whole virtual learning because, oh you know, teachers gosh. are yeah. trying to teach the students yeah. on the computer and they probably have their own student, their own kids at home yeah. who are also. So it was just, uh, it was a gift really for them um, to have these tools of learning how to, you know, calm your nervous system, you know, how to regulate, how to focus, uh, that they, unfortunately, we didn't learn as children. But we're trying to change that by teaching the children now. So hopefully, the next generation will be a lot more regulated and emotionally uh, (laughs) balanced adults. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. Yeah, emotionally balanced. That's great. Like, even to like, know, like, how to handle emotions, right? Like, like, uh, how to like, successfully like absorb the feelings that you have and like understand kind of what's going on before you just like I you know like uh my dad and I have a very open relationship about this kind of stuff but like uh looking back at it there's some times my dad was never like never once like laid a hand on me let's let me say that right but like uh yeah like he would get frustrated really fast and snap really quick right and like Mm -hmm. I truly look back on I'm like this dude just didn't have any type of like coping mechanisms (laughs) you know right right like we talked about that now like we've actually worked on some great uh breath work with them but like uh it's really, really uh, impactful and important. Just like, and it's something that is relatively so simple, right? Like, uh, right. Now, the mechanics and the physiology behind why it helps is not simple, right? But like, right. the actual like, <laughs> practice of it is 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 really approachable for a lot of people. Um, yeah, and what I explain just simply in my yoga classes, especially my yin classes, because that's when you have to use deep breathing so you, your body can relax into these postures. Is that you know. Throughout the day, most of us kind of kind of lightly live in the sympathetic system. We're here, rushing here, da, 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 da. We're I'm taking these right shallow now. breaths, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you're taking these quick shallow breaths. When you take deep breaths, right, you're, especially the exhale, right, that signals your body that, hey, I can turn on that parasympathetic yep. side and turn on that relax and restore. Like, there's no bear chasing me. I'm safe. I can breathe. Yeah. Right. And that over time, if you can learn to kind of, you know, activate or switch off that sympathetic system, that's unfortunately running too much. Yeah. You know, when that when that happens, that's when you get chronic stress. That's when you get high blood pressure, you know, because your breath is going like this. Your heart rate goes up. You can tell. Right. You can just feel it in your body. My heart rate's going up. Your blood pressure is higher. Right. All these things. If you keep that sustained throughout the day. You yeah. know, your body is going to live there. And then you're like, oh, that's why people who have stressful jobs have high blood pressure. Well, if they yeah. stop and breathe, 
you know. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit every <laughs> you know? now and then, right? Just yeah, a little bit every now yeah. and then. You know, yeah. We say in our in our studio that uh, deep breaths are like little love notes to the body, right? Your <laughs> body awesome. is craving. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> your body is craving it. Just give it some love. Give it some oxygen. Feed your tissues. You know, give them that nourishment. Give your body that your nervous system that calm that that it needs. Um, so that's my oversimplifying it for for yoga. <laughs> totally, yeah, yeah. I understand because, like, and I love it using language that people can relate to, right? Like a love note to your body. Like uh, everyone kind of yeah. understands like what you're doing there, but it's so much more complex, right? Um, and then, like, I think that's super cool. I think yes. like, um, and the idea of like really focusing in on like that exhale, right? Like, cause the first thing you tell people to do is like, all right, if you tell people like, take a big breath, right? Like they go, and then it's right. like, we need that exhale, right? Like, like, the exhale. That. yeah. Yes. And that's one of our breath works is that we practice uh, doubling the count of the exhale as opposed to inhale. So inhale really? for four and then try and exhale for eight, you know, mm -hmm. just working on that full release on the exhale. Um, and it gives people something to think about, you know, yeah. how I should be breathing. Right. And it's kind of tough, right? Like, uh, like we'll do that, <laughs> like, uh, like a four, seven, eight breathing pattern or like, we'll do yes, that. Yes. Like we might start with like a box breathing pattern. Box breath, or yeah. Like, yeah. Like, um, like we, we try to implement that, especially like if we have somebody that goes through a pretty tough, like training circuit with us or something, right. Like uh, we're always mm -hmm. going to focus on doing at least a couple minutes worth of four, seven, eight breathing. And, uh, mm -hmm. But it is surprisingly hard. Like, uh, there, I'll tell you what was really let, uh, exciting for me, but then also I felt, felt let down by school was uh, uh, the amount of people that I found out I could help by just working on breath work, right? Like, there's yeah. so many people that I've worked with with low back pain where, like, all we really work on is breath work to start off with, right? And they look at me like I'm crazy, but then, like, they come back <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I actually feel really good, you know? Um, right. You're just releasing that tension. Totally. Right. And then like, um, but like to have somebody set a timer for two minutes or three minutes before they go to bed and have them do like some mm -hmm. four, seven, eight breathing. Uh, it's like, they almost feel like they're out of breath. Right. Cause like that, like, I uh, know they did, <laughs> excuse me. They don't have like that CO2 tolerance for that, like that long, like exhale, which Hold. is yes. a problem, right? Like, I mean, you, you should be able to tolerate that. So, right. And I always tell people to practice, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. So the more, just like anything else, the more you do it, the more your body will be accustomed to it and you'll be able to really feel good about it and reap the benefits, but you have to, you have to do it. Uh, that's the, that's part of the commitment. So I like that, you know, telling people, and I tell people too, like, you know, I'll take them through the four, seven, eight breaks specifically because it's good for sleep. Yeah. And I say, if you have trouble sleeping, work on this four, seven, eight breath, you know, it's, it's really uh, beneficial to you. But to answer your other question about how my background helps with my yoga yeah. uh, teaching. It's really, uh, I think because I look at everything alignment based, you know, for me, it's safety first, safety first, safety first. Totally. Um, right. And so I'm a huge stickler for um, props. Mm -hmm. Like for some reason, people don't want to use props in yoga. I'm like, use your box, right? Totally. Don't reach right. for the floor, sure. you know, yeah. <laughs> you, yeah. use your props. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, you know, you want to get yourself in the proper alignment. Yeah, right? that's the most important thing. And don't worry about how you look. Mm -hmm. Be worried more about how you feel, right? Ooh. How do yeah. you feel in the pose? Does this feel good to you? Yeah. And you know, what are some things that you? What are some things that you might feel some adjustments about? Totally. Hold on, hold on a second. Hold on. 
And I think that's something that I've noticed just going to other studios is a lot of times they're so, I think, and it's not, I'm not putting a dig on other studios, but a lot of times I go to class and it's almost more um, emphasis on the sequence and the flow. Yeah. Um, You know what I mean? Like they're trying to get so creative with this sequence and flow and everything, which is great. You know, I like that because I'm a dancer. Yeah, you know, I kind of feel like I'm in the flow. I got the music. I'm dancing, um, but sometimes I think it takes away from the mindfulness aspect of yoga totally. and really tapping in and trying to increase awareness of that mind body connection and mind body awareness. Because I can tell you one thing that I've noticed mm-hmm. since I've been in the space of you know working with other bodies is that there are so many people who are so disconnected. <laughs> Oh from their bodies yes. you know i mean so yeah. disconnected and i remember when i first started teaching pilates you know you're on the equipment you know you're not doing it you know yeah. like i'm standing there you know and they're on the reformer and i'm telling oh. them you know heels together toes apart lift the heels knees are open shoulder width apart relax your tailbone pull the belly in and they're like they can't <laughs> you know yeah. they can't. they're like what my what are my heels like, yeah. where are my toes? You know, you know, sure. it's just like, yeah, yeah. um, and so, yeah. And so when you, when you put, I feel like sometimes when we, uh, focus so much on flow and everything that I think a lot of people miss that connection, you know, cause they're, again, they're looking around the room they're trying to keep up yeah. with, with the sequence. And, yeah, and I think they're, and they think they kind of get lost in the whole, like, how am I feeling? Am I, you know, what am I actually doing? What am I breathing and connecting with everything? So I think that's why one of my missions when I opened Sati Yoga was I wanted to establish a studio yep. that kind of brought the mindfulness aspect back to yoga. Every single one of our classes starts with breath work. Love it. Um, we do everything is alignment based. All of our teachers are trauma informed, meaning they um, invite people to do things. So, you know, if this feels good, right, mm-hmm. this feels good in your body. If you feel safe, close your eyes, you know, but, and yeah. just understanding that people, you know, some people have different triggers or different things in their body that just doesn't make them feel good. It's just to respect them for where they are at. Like I say, look, if you just want to sit in child's pose all day, do you, you know, like don't <laughs> feel pressure yeah. to do what I'm saying. Right. Yeah. I always say I'm your guide, but your body is your first teacher. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I also wanted to bring the restorative practices back to yoga. I mean, I just felt like, especially in the city, there's like a trend of a lot of hot and power, you know, cause that's what's popular. You know, people unfortunately have turned yoga into another form of exercise, which it can be, you know, depending on your ability level, but that's not quote unquote, I feel the goal of yoga. Um, yeah. You don't go to yoga class to lose five pounds. Like that's not, Correct. You know what Correct. I mean? Yeah. yeah. Right. You're going to yoga. I feel like, like I'm saying, to increase that mind-body connection, find ways to calm your nervous system. It's a form of meditation. So I kind of wanted to bring that back with our restorative. We have a lot of restorative yoga. We do yin yoga. We do yoga nidra, which I feel like is a lost art, um, yogic sleep. Um, we do something yeah. called flow and zen, which is like a little bit of a flow, but then it ends with a guided meditation. So we're always just trying to find a way to bring that mindfulness aspect back to our, our yoga practices at Safi. And I also wanted to make it a place that was accessible. I have friends from all different walks of life. I have people, my oldest friend is 78. Yeah. My average, my average private Pilates client is 65. I have friends with disabilities. I have friends with bigger bodies. 
I have friends with autoimmune diseases. So I'm like, you know, they can't go to your typical hot yoga studio. And, you know, a lot of them are intimidated. And they're like, well, yeah. do they have beginner classes? And I tell people, you know, at Saati, every class is a beginner class, you know, because mm-hmm. we can modify, we can help you. And, you know, don't feel intimidated. We want this to be a place where everybody, like mm-hmm. literally we say everybody yep, <laughs> can practice. Because, you yeah. know, because we just feel like yoga is for everyone. It's your divine right to, to be able to rest. And yeah. to find calm and to find peace within yourself. Like you don't have to be a certain type of person or look a certain way or have a certain ability to yeah. do yoga, right? And that's something that I really, really want to impress upon. It's like the mission of Sati is that it is a place for everyone. I wanted to provide accessible yoga for no matter how old or broke down you think you might be. If I tell yeah. people, if you can lay on a bolster and breathe, then you could do yoga. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> which is uh, not everybody, right? Like, I mean, like everybody, can, but it is more challenging than what you think. Just like lay on a bolster and breathe. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, no, everybody can absolutely do that, and I love that. I think you're absolutely spot on. Like, um, it is a trend, and like I have, a, I know a lot of like yoga uh, business owners and instructors and everything that uh, I have a ton of respect for. But you're right. Yeah. The, uh, the general trend, I would say, is definitely to have some form of heat or to have some form of like intensity to it or like, uh, um, yeah, like definitely like uh, like a power yoga, right? Or like um, yeah, versus like more of the I you're uh, I, I'm not I'm not as versed in yoga as you are by any means, but like the uh, the uh, um, I would assume the original intent of yoga was not that, right? The original intent was to be restorative and to have yeah. more mind-body connection and to work on your breath and your flow. Um, like I know like um, people who are pretty um, strict with the Bikram yoga, right? It's the same, like what is it, like yeah. poses or something? Um, yes, like, yes. That, <laughs> like you, you just like, that's your routine that you do for like life, right? Like uh, for life, yeah. About a meditative <laughs> movement, you know what I mean? Or meditative like series there, right? Like, uh, and very, very like, uh, should be restorative. Like at some point, like you're just, you should be able to not have to think about what you're doing and just feel what you're doing. So, yeah. And, you know, and, and like I said, like I am by no means, I just feel like there's a space for everything. And, you know, I, I, you know, totally. again, I don't have an athletic background, you know, everyone loves a good sweaty yeah, yoga totally. sesh. That's totally cool. Like, I, I think there's definitely a place for that, but I'm just, I just found, particularly here in Atlanta, I didn't really feel there was a lot of other things. I was like, well, yeah. where would I go and just lay on a bolster? Cause you know, I found like, as I get older, you know, I like the restorative practices more. <laughs> like I'm like, yeah. I just want to do some yin and some restorative. And you know, what's yeah. interesting. Those are my most popular classes at my studio, the restorative yoga, the restore, uh, the yoga nidra, and of course, my Wednesday wind down class, because it's a, a yin yoga, restorative yoga, and you get a free glass of wine after class. Yeah, oh, there you go. <laughs> of course, they, a little, little treat but at the end of the day. Yeah, <laughs> we got to have a little fun. Um, but yeah, because yeah, I think people now are just realizing that, yeah, I can go work out and do, you know, power this and, you know, TRX or whatever it is that you do. But you need yeah. to balance that. I just felt like there's so much yang. Mm-hmm. We need some yin. Like you need that balance, you know, in some way. And I just kind of wanted to be, I don't know, the studio that kind of brought that other thing, you know, that balance for people yeah. who want to come to rest, come rest, come fill your cup, come sleep, yeah. come, you know. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Come get some relax. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man. Well, I tell you what, like, I know, I know that there's a lot of people that could benefit from that. And uh, I know that there's a lot of people that could use your services. So if 
somebody was uh, trying to figure out more about what you do or like, what, what is restorative yoga? You know, like, who is this doctor? Like, who's Dr. Kaylee here? Like, what, <laughs> what would be a uh, good resource for them? Like, is there, is there a website that you have or is there an, a social mm-hmm. media channel that would be really good? Or like, what's the best form of communication for you? Um, so two things, if you want to learn about the studio and myself and all of our staff, you can go to our website, which is www.sati.yogawellness.com mm-hmm. and our social media that has like our fun events and things that we have coming up is at Sati Yoga ATL, okay. all lowercase, all one word. Um, so you can find out about, you know, we have certain events coming up, like we have a chakra workshop coming up on this Sunday from 2.34. We'll be starting mommy me classes in October on Sundays yeah. at noon. Uh, we have a prenatal yoga workshop coming up October 15th. Um, so, and I'm also doing an event at the Pullman Yards on October 16th, some uh, yoga on the yard. So um, yeah. some fun things that we're going to be doing at Sati's. So you can catch all that stuff um, on our Instagram. Cool. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and then what about like, uh, what about the, uh, namaste project? If like, there's a teacher that's listening to this, right? Like, uh, what would be, yes, a- yes. Yeah. What would be a cool way for them to get in touch with you for that? So our, our website for that is the namaste project.net. Okay. Okay. Perfect. And our, yeah. And our, um, Instagram is just uh, at the Namaste Project. That's it. The Namaste Project. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, Dr. Kaylee, um, I I really appreciate your time, right? Like, uh, I know um, you're super busy. You got a lot on your plate and um, you're impacting a lot of lives. So uh, (laughs) I I do really appreciate your time on here. It's been awesome learning about uh, Sati Yoga, the Namaste Project, your background. Um, so thank you. And, uh, I'm sure like we ran over a little bit, but guys like so, so, right. so much information. <laughs> no, I love it. I would never cut you off of some of the stuff that we were talking about. I thought it was really impactful. So, uh, thank you for your time sure. so much and, uh, best of luck with Sati Yoga. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the podcast today. If you want to find out more about our guests or about Athletes Potential and how we can help you continue to be active and pain-free in life, head over to athletespotential.com to learn more.